Welcome, Ecom Logistics Nation. Thank you for joining today's episode. We're on a mission to share e-commerce logistics insights, trends, successes, and challenges from the leaders and innovators in our space. Warehouse is important. It is the heart of the company that is pushing and pumping all blood to the, all the organs or channels. And also, you have to ship faster than ever now. Welcome, Ecom Logistics Nation. Nanad and I are really excited to welcome our friend Erhan Musaglu, founder and CEO of Lajiwa. Erhan has such an awesome and impressive background in logistics, starting his career as an ERP consultant. And then from there, his career took flight, gaining the COO chair at a consulting firm in Turkey. He then founded LA Software in 2004, which was originally created as a reseller and solutions implementation firm for tier one warehouse systems. Then in 2012, the first version of Lajiwa, LAWMS, was launched. 2017 comes around. Erhan sees an opportunity for growth and moves himself and his family to the U.S. and founds Lajiwa Technology, a cloud-based WMS solution. This is going to be an awesome conversation. Erhan, it's so great to have you join us today, my friend. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm, and I feel really happy and glad to be here with you guys. So we'd love to hear and have you tell us about that journey. What influenced your decision to make that big move and that big investment to launch Lajua in the U.S.? It's, a, it's, a, it's an 11-hour flight. Actually, 11 and, a half, <laughs> 11 and a half hours flight from Turkey to here. Uh, so actually, as you said, I started as an ERP uh, implementer. And those time, like that time, at that time, when I was an ERP implementer, as you guys can remember, there was only a warehouse manager in charge of all the supply chain. But by time, it changed. And uh, as you said, I started implementing and reselling top-tier supply chain management solutions in Turkey and Europe and Africa as well. And then at some point, I just realized e-commerce is growing and uh, these top-tier WMS systems, lack of functionality and agility for e-commerce providers. So that's, that's the point I decided to develop my own WMS that is focusing high volume online order fulfillment. And uh, we developed a solution in, in, in Turkey. The MVP launched 2012, I guess. And then we started replacing top-tier WMS systems in Turkey with, with very large brands and uh, 3PS. And after seeing that, there is a need and requirement for this high-volume order fulfillment solution in the market. We just uh, decided to expand it to United States because my dream from the very beginning when I was in the college to, to build a, a global company. And in order to build a global tech company, I believe you have to have an existence in the United States. And this is the center of the, the, the technology, right? If you can achieve in the United States, you can achieve everywhere in the world. So I selected, I made a tough decision to come United States, even though yeah. most of the investors and friends and customers told me that, hey, Arhan, I mean, it's going to be really tough to go there, sell your solution as, as a Turkish guy. And also it's a Turkish company. But as I said, I took the risk. And uh, as, you, as you said, uh, with my family, I settled in, in Chicago 
And now we are here. And the interesting thing, right, Iran, is the concept of, you know, I talk about pivot or persevere in startups, right? Like when you build a startup, you kind of decide to pivot. And of course, I'm sure you have pivoted many a times in what you were building. But the foundation of the core solution, like the day you landed in Chicago back in 2017, it's still true till this date, right? You wanted to build Logiwai. You wanted to build a WMS. Like you, you didn't kind of veer off of that. Or was there different type of arenas that you kind of played with and then said, I'm going to build WMS? The day you landed in Chicago, what did you want to build? So first of all, in the past, like let's say 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I built TMS solutions. I built uh, route optimization. I built multiple solutions. And uh, we were growing horizontally with, with solutions and platforms. But at some point, I just realized you cannot do everything perfect, right? You have to select one vertical. You have to select one solution. And you have to stick with it. And you have to make it better than anyone else. This is This is what I did, actually. I mean... Again, the solution doesn't change. The platform doesn't change. We are still doing the same thing. And we don't want to do anything other than a fulfillment solution. And I would do the same thing again and again. Because I think this is the right thing to do, right? A fulfillment execution system. Even we are going to talk, I don't want to call it WMS anymore. It's a new category. And we would like to call it a fulfillment execution system or a fulfillment solution. Because actually, it's not a traditional WMS. It's something really different than the traditional WMS. It seems like as if you knew what the question was, the next one, right? So you kind of helped set me up on that one. But I want to talk about that particular space, right? So uh, as uh, the listeners are aware or might not be aware, but I got in the space of this fulfillment execution. Like, how do you look at it from a holistic merchant or a 3PL perspective. And it's not just the warehouse management system. It is channel management. It is order management and order orchestration. It is, you know, fulfillment or warehouse execution, right? There is warehouse controls that are kind of built into it. And then there is the transportation execution and then layer all of that on top with like ability for merchants to get good visibility into the data for how well is your fulfillment working and layer that for 3PLs with the capability to do uh, third-party billing or you know 3PL billing which is which used to be a pretty complex concept back in the days and when when we started there were no actual solutions at a scale what you had in the market was solutions that kind of went across the board but they were more focused on the channel side, right? Like, or they were more focused on the transportation label generation side. And what we see now is this new category, right? And you, you are seeing the warehousing system as also a really core critical part. And of course, that comes with volumes. And that's what you created. What kind of drove you to, to see that the world actually needed that? Because when we built it, Back in 2015, we didn't have an option. So we had to cobble stuff together. Use the best of breed WMS. Use the best of breed TMS. Use the best of breed order management. And then when it came to customer execution and whatnot, you needed to build something on top of it to create visibility. While we, And it's not just Logiva, right? Like there is options now for 
you know, merchants and brands and, and, and 3PLs now. And it's almost a category creation. And you kind of, we are leading that effort out in the market as, as one, of the, one of the players. So what kind of, how did you see that evolve? You've seen it all happen. So I used to implement traditional enterprise B2B WMS systems in the past. And uh, what they do and what they do good is they can ship bulk and they can manage the storage like in the warehouse like the, the management of the storage and also they can ship bulk let's give let's give this example if you are shipping 10000 pencils from your warehouse in a b2b environment most probably you have two pallets one forklift driver pulls out the pallet put into a truck and you're done in in 1 hour you shipped 10000 pencils the revenue is same the value is same and then in a direct-to-consumer e-commerce environment, if you are shipping 10,000 pencils, most probably you have 8,000 different orders, 8,000 different customers, and you have to make 8,000 different boxes and 8,000 different uh, shipping labels. So these two processes are entirely, totally different. One is very labor-intensive, and by doing smaller productivity adjustments or optimizations, you can bring a lot of productivity and improvement into this process. So, and also, this is a fast-moving process. You have to ship constantly. In a B2B environment, you ship pallets or you just let trucks, uh, load the trucks and they leave. In the direct-to-consumer, you have to make packaging, which is very complicated, and you have to pick per order. And it is a very fast environment. You cannot stop anything for almost five minutes. It has to be online, real-time, and continuously flowing from the warehouse. And as you can imagine, these two different environments need different solutions. And one is a legacy WMS system. The other is a fulfillment execution system. Also, let's put it in a different way. A traditional WMS system is in charge of within the four walls of the warehouse, usually. But a fulfillment execution system has to be connected with other systems for example, like you said, marketplaces, we have to download orders, we have to push inventory, we have to make order management, order routing, and it has to be in the fulfillment execution system. You cannot attach a different solution. You can, but it's not going to be effective. The other one part is shipping. You are right. I mean, shipping has to be there because basically you are doing packaging in a packaging screen and you have to print label at that time. So you cannot wait. It has to be continuous and real-time shipping the label. And also there are other parts of this fulfillment execution system as well. Robots. There are robots around and you have to connect with robots. Robots are users for us. We just see robots as pickers because they are basically pickers. And you have to manage robots and pickers together in the same warehouse. Actually, there are other differentiators as well, but I guess I made the point. This is like two different environments and there should be a new category that is just focusing on this, the, the, the different, uh, the, the new environment. That's, that's correct. And I, I mean, you know, there are still larger environments where fulfillment is happening. Like if you were to talk about the targets of the world, right? They need just a fulfillment, you know, management system, or let's call it a warehouse management system that's highly tuned. And they are not as concerned about channels and they are not as concerned about transportation because, you know, their channels are managed by, you know, multi-million dollar solutions that are doing integrations and multi-million dollar solutions on the transportation side because they are shipping out 
300,000 packages a day. But when you start talking about 20, 30, 40,000 packages, right? Like that type of ceiling. Yeah, you, you need something that is holistic, that's got the perspective end to end. And more importantly, right? Like while it has the perspective, it needs to be really efficient at what it does because there is labor pressures and whatnot that now starts playing into what it costs to do fulfillment today. And I, I like to say this a lot. Uh, uh, from the outside, a warehouse, you know, you drive by one, they all look the same, right? Like it's a box. But on the inside, there is a huge difference between a retail operation warehouse, a B2B warehouse, a distributor's warehouse. And they might be kind of similar, the four or five things. But when it comes to fulfillment, it's a complete separate operation. You are operating on eaches uh, versus you are operating in cases. And your ability to open those cases and then take the eaches out and then be able to deal with the inventory that goes into it. And the entire strategy changes. I, I mean... There is, you know, just because you have a warehouse management system does not translate into it being a good fulfillment system, right? Like they are two different universes. I would go to say that a fulfillment system is just as far apart from a traditional warehousing system as a store operations system is from a, a distribution center, right? It's a very different way of approaching things. Of course, it can do it, right? Like you can still ship stuff, but does it really operate in the way you you know from an efficient perspective and Aaron this is a question someone asked me to 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 me this comes very naturally it's like is WMS important right and and I go yes absolutely it's a very important thing a warehouse management system like do you need it right like does it really make a difference if I have a $200 cloud-based system or if I have a $10,000 cloud-based system or whatever right like or do I have a tier one versus tier two? Does it really make a difference? And to me, that comes naturally. Why don't you tell me why a good fulfillment execution, and specifically on the warehousing side, the warehouse management system is important? Okay. What, what, what's the difference between good and bad? Okay. First of all, let's start with warehouse. Why warehouse or warehousing is important so that we can understand why managing a warehouse is also very important for any, any company. So... I will start with the onset of the COVID. Before the onset of the COVID, actually, we were all talking about buyer's experience on a website or, a, or in a marketplace. It was all about, hey, let the consumer click that button, buy it, and then we'll fix the fulfillment uh, in three days, one week, whatever. But after the onset of the COVID, things changed, world changed. And now we are under the pressure of very tight delivery windows like two hours, same day, next day. And if you are not shipping same day, most probably the customer or the consumer is willing to pay prime and willing to pay more if someone is shipping, shipping earlier than you or faster than you. So all these fulfillment companies are under the pressure of del tight delivery windows. Now, let's look at it from a different point of view. For me, if you think a company as a human body, the warehouse is the heart pumping the blood to all the organs, right? If the warehouse cannot pump the inventory or push the inventory uh, to the shipper from there to the consumer or to the store, then the business is going to stop. And now that we are under the pressure of very tight delivery windows, the warehouses should be shipping faster than before. They have to ship very fast. They got the order within two hours, three hours, 
they have to ship the order from their warehouse because shipping or transportation takes another one day or two days. So that's why warehouse is the most crucial element for an online business. Otherwise, you are going to fail. If you cannot pick, if you cannot pack, and if you cannot ship faster, you're going to fail. So I guess this really explains why warehouses are important. Now, why warehouse management system or managing a warehouse is that important? So let's assume I can give you some, some, some sample data as well. We see warehouses, let's say, who are shipping 1,000 orders a day you know, from a warehouse with a system or without a system. It can be Excel-based or it can be a like, very traditional like, like system. The moment they start uh, with a real fulfillment execution system, they start shipping 3x more in three months or four months. Because the fulfillment execution system knows how to optimize the labor, how to, how to optimize the cycle time in the warehouse, how to, how to ship faster. This is how we design our solution. Make sense? So I guess it, this explains why warehouse is important. It is the heart of the company that is pushing and, and pumping all the blood to the, all, all the organs or channels. And also, you have to ship faster than ever now. I think that's awesome, Erhan. You know, maybe just to go back, why, why were people using Excel spreadsheets? Why were people using Google right, sheets? Like, why, why was that happening? And I think if you go back to what Nanad and yourself were talking about a few minutes ago, back in 2015, 2016, there were a lot of zeros behind that check Nanad had to cobble this system together, right? The barriers to entry were really, really high, you know, and the expertise to know, okay, what systems am I going to pull into this, into this platform and then build this custom layer for a customer experience? I mean, it was not a small feat, right? It was expensive. It took time. It took expertise. So I could see why back in 2014, 15, 16, companies thought, hey, if I'm shipping a few hundred, a few thousand, 10,000 orders a day, if I could make that happen in, with Excel <laughs> and some great formulas behind the scenes, that might do the trick. But I think it'd be really interesting like, for you to explain the maturity of these systems, right? So you don't need you know, seven, eight, nine zeros behind the check, right? Uh, in order to make this happen, we've, we've evolved into this SaaS-based environment where the barriers are barriers of entry to make a change and to get that ROI you just talked about because labor rates are extremely high labor availability is scarce so would love to just get your thoughts on that you're right actually you don't need to pay uh, seven eight ten digits <laughs> digits numbers <laughs> for, for warehouse management system or the implementation as of today thanks to cloud and all this all these technologic uh, improvements and innovation, uh, we can implement uh, warehouses in four, eight, 12 weeks based on the, uh, the warehouse. And it really costs nothing to the warehouse, uh, uh, warehouse or the company. And also, most of these uh, fulfillment execution systems are subscription-based systems. You just pay monthly, uh, which is a good uh, opportunity for online companies or 3PLs to start the implementation and to start with a fulfillment execution system. Otherwise, they can continue using uh, legacy systems, but the problem there is they are not designed 
uh, for the process. So you have to pay a lot of customization and development cost uh, with a lot of zero <laughs> zeros in the check, right? <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. And, and you know, you know, you spoke about like sites that do a thousand orders a day. I've I've seen sites where you know the difference between like a tier three system, let's let alone Excel and whatnot, right? Or a system that's not truly designed to optimize the warehouse management aspect of things. That site that's doing a thousand orders a day when you only have two or three ways to pick, right? Like I, I always go back to the picking example, which is, you know, you, you are going to do discrete picking or you are going to do batch picking. And all you have is two methods of picking and very simple ways of kind of telling your users how to go about doing things. What ends up happening is you still, that 1,000 will probably take you to 1,200, 1,300, right? Or very specifically speaking, because what matters is the units per hour. The UPH rate that you might be achieving, which is the units picked by a user per hour or unit packed by a user per hour. You might be in a discrete flow, might be doing about 60 or 70 units per hour. But when you start in utilizing a system that allows you to do cluster picks and zone pick and pass and your ability to then do consolidation at a pack station level or on a put wall or a virtual put wall or something of that nature just that process change for the same set of orders you can take your UPH right like you might not increase your sales volume but your units per hour execution can go to 150, 180, 200 per hour just in a manual mode. And if you now then introduce robotics, because you need a good system to integrate into robotics, you could take those numbers even higher. And the ROI is just there. I think it's just a matter of people just like doing the math around it, that there is a difference between a good system and a bad system. The ROI is right on the table. You just need to be able to see it. Yeah, that was more an opinion than a question, uh, personally. But uh, I asked the question. I'm also uh, answer, answering it after. Let, so. let me add this as well. Uh, you are right, by the way. I usually don't like to talk about cost ROI. Most of these uh, online companies today, their biggest challenge is not cost. Their biggest challenge is shipping more on time and just... Uh, achieving that tight delivery window because th that's how they improve their customer service level. I had customers, I had one customer who was shipping 28,000 orders a day, right? And we implemented a solution, but also we changed the layout a little bit, as you explained, like different picking algorithms, uh, put to wall, cluster picking. And then you cannot believe this, in six months, after six months, they started shipping 100,000 orders from the same warehouse. With same employees, because if the numbers get bigger, you can do more optimization and you can bring more productivity to the warehouse. It's a numbers game. Absolutely. Right. And I'll just add to that. ROIs and all of that from a brand perspective was not important is I'll kind of put that in the past. The world is changing very rapidly as we get into the post pandemic arena, right, where there is a lot of competition now for brands. There is a pullback on the revenues, right? Your opportunity, if you look at the, the basket cost, right? Like if there is $100 in GMV, and let's just say 20% belongs to, to that supply chain side of things, yes, you can go do some transportation negotiation to, to, to cut some base points. But the, the low-hanging fruit within that execution side of that order, the opportunity actually resides in the warehouse, 
if you were to optimize how you do things, there is a lot of savings to be made within that particular space. I, I mean, and I think a lot of people are coming to that realization, right? Like, you know, I, I've seen operations that do, you know, 5,000 orders with just a transportation system that helps them generate labels and everything else runs on Excel. Oh, that's just low-hanging fruit right there, guys. Just bring a WMS, any WMS. It, it doesn't even need to be larger. Just like bring something in play because you will see see some immediate improvements in that, right? So, Agreed, 100%. So, Erhan, you know, we have a lot of conversations with brands, retailers, and 3PLs on a weekly basis. And I know I was excited to see a post uh, you did, I don't know, in the last month or two about your customer advisory board. And you have some really interesting companies that are participating in that, right? That are, you know, giving you feedback, giving you their thoughts on where their company needs to go. And, and you know, we hear a lot about quick commerce, micro fulfillment, you know, it's it's about speed, it's about skew strategy, right? Bundling, variations, all of those things. Certainly uh, from a sales channel perspective, how big and how far and how wide you're going to go with the Amazon model and other marketplaces. What other avenues are you going to be uh, looking to obviously increase re- sales and revenue? So would just love to hear like, what are you hearing from the market today as far as you're, you're all about solving problems? Like what problems are you being asked to to solve for in the next six 12 months that maybe wasn't on your product roadmap or maybe wasn't something you were thinking about but you keep hearing it maybe over and over again from your customer advisory board and clients and merchants so we'd love to hear what you have to say on that we constantly uh, interview our customers so uh, actually most of the <laughs> the requirements are already in our product roadmap and we recently last week had a, had a uh, meeting uh, with the product team uh, exactly about your question. So let me tell you what we what we discussed and what we learned from 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 the customers. First of all, as I said, buyers' experience is getting easier. So like more boutique brands or niche products are in the market at the moment because shipping fulfilling is becoming easy for them. And especially for three PS, when they have this boutique niche product uh, in their warehouse, they are asking for let's say, unique workflows. And your like the fulfillment execution system should be flexible to respond to these unique workflows. And we see a lot of unique workflows uh, as of today. This is the first one we are seeing from, uh, from, from our customers. The other one is package optimization, like selecting the right box for uh, orders is becoming more important because like before COVID, before the pandemic, the order lines per order were lower, like 1.2, around that. Now, the consumers are buying more products, so there are more products in the same order. So you have to have a package optimization type of thing. Labor shortage, workforce shortage, and also peak season fluctuations. Always peak season, the demand is increasing, so you you need labor, right? So temporary employees are used by 3PLs at the moment, and they are expecting us, like the WMS players or software systems to train these temp employees in hours, not days. So within an hour, we can train a picker 
so with the, our system so they can start picking. This is very important for most of the 3PLs and uh, e-com companies. Also, forecasting is becoming more important because in order to forecast labor, which is a shortage, you have to know <coughs> your demand, right? We are also uh, working on demand forecasting as well. And there is another dimension to it, which is capacity planning, but <coughs> not square footage. It is distinct locations because most of the 3PLs are having thousands of different products in the warehouse. So utilizing the bins or <coughs> locations in the warehouse is becoming more and more important. And this is not related to the square footage. They may have square footage, but it's more of like how many products should I put in a bin location and how to manage this in an optimized way. <coughs> the other thing that we see is returns. Because people are buying online, they cannot try. So they buy more than they need, and then they are returning back. And the returns are increasing. And to be honest, I believe returns and shipments are two different things. And a warehouse should focus just one. You do shipments, that's cool. You do just fulfillment. You should have a separate organization for returns because it's getting bigger and it's a unique workflow. It's not the same thing like fulfilling an order. So these are some of the trends at the moment that we see from our customers and from the market. Those are those are pretty much cross section of everything that I would have yeah. kind of said, right? Like it's it is such a perfect list right there, right? You know, unique pick flows. I think it's really important. You know, just simple things, right? Like having a separate flow for your single orders. Right, like where there is only a single unit, there is pick flows that you know single and multis, where you utilize you know cluster versus batch, right, and combining all of these to optimize to the nth degree what you end up doing from a picking standpoint, and then if you have automation, how does that kind of tie into that carton optimization? We just did an episode around that, uh, which uh, should be launched by the time this launches around carton optimization and the importance of carton optimization and how complex that is, right? Like it's, it looks simple. We asked this question around like, why do I get an Amazon box that is like 80% empty? And if Amazon hasn't completely figured it out, the problem's got to be pretty complex, right? Like it's, it's not, it's not as simple to crack the nut on. Uh, There is lots of limitations that go into it. Uh, Labor shortage. I mean, how do you solve for that, right? Like, and I, I know WMS can't solve for labor shortage other than create an efficiency side of things. But then there is the the aspect of of how quickly do you train? You know, I'll give an example. Ran a warehouse at one point which had uh, something like eight hundred employees per shift, um, or you know, from a system standpoint, and the uh, attrition rate on the resources on a weekly basis was close to about twenty percent. Wow. 20% attrition going through. How do you train that many people on a complex workflow? And then you are not even going to have these people stick around after a week. So the training has to be short, but you have to learn quite a bit and, and achieve that. And yeah, it's, it's becoming super important on that side um, and demand planning and specifically on the capacity side of things, right? Like this idea, because m- most warehouses we walk through, uh, uh, Aaron, are, are single SKU locations. And they are always sitting half empty, quarter empty, right? Like, you know, or empty with like two units sitting in a location. So the very first thing, multi-skew management in a given location. And that's more complex than people think, right? Like, and when you, when you get into something of that nature, 
how do you then further optimize and again that cartonization problem is now reflective of l- location optimization from a dimension standpoint so those are i i see that i mean i see that and thank you for bringing up all those all those topics and i'm guessing that's all on your roadmap yeah they uh, actually they are uh, let me tell you a story once i was implementing uh, uh, wms in a warehouse right and then they somehow ended up putting multiple products uh, into the same location but they wanted similar products to be in the same location so they put all the lipsticks into one location and you and i know <laughs> if a picker goes there there are different colors of lipsticks and it is almost impossible to find the right lipstick and he will make mistakes so multi product management in a bin is a really complex problem the people think it's easy but it's not so yep. you need systems that can really understand which product to put together which product not to put together for pickers to pick faster right yeah exactly and imagine like an apparel warehouse where you know the easiest way if you are doing a you know user directed put away you know i get a box of like five mediums five large and five small and it's like hey this location is empty let me shove all of them in there <laughs> Now you got a problem where it's the same t-shirt in three different sizes and now the users pulling it out and taking a look at it that's time wasted exactly. you need real good clarity on how you do that that lipstick example is perfect right like is it red or blue they all look the same on the outside i don't know if they are blue lipsticks but like <laughs> is it red or blue and like now i got to read which one it is or i got to do a scan and the scan's got to tell me oh you are picking the wrong item pick the next one right so yeah i i i see the problem i think uh erhan we could we could probably do a podcast episode on everything that's on your product roadmap right now uh, <laughs> but uh so we're we're going to that that's an open invitation to have you back for sure and we definitely want to thank you this has been an absolutely awesome conversation and want to give you the opportunity to share with the audience, you know, where they could follow you, um, tell them how they could learn more about Lajua and the best way to find out and uh, connect with you guys. Like our website is www.lojiwa.com. So they can just visit our website and we are there. Uh, we publish almost two blog posts every week or every other week. And also they can find us from LinkedIn as well. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. It's it's been an awesome uh, awesome conversation. Aaron, I look forward to having you again on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank, thanks guys. And yeah, we can do 10 other podcasts as well. I really <laughs> like this one. So, let's just deep dive some of these yeah. specific topics <laughs> future podcasts. Exactly. That sounds awesome. Thank you, my friend. Thanks guys. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to maximize your supply chain. Available on all major podcasting channels. Thank you for listening and see you in the next episode.